0: Good morning, and welcome to O-Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, February 11, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 4, and we are at page 49, the last paragraph. Today's readers are Michelle H., Deb W., and Susie K. The reference number for yesterday, February 10th, Vicarious Message to the Compulsive Overeater Who Still Suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters
1: Anonymous. I will now ask Janice M. to read the 12 Steps. Janice, please press Star 1. Well, good morning
0: to you, Katie. This is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered,
2: compulsive overeater. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him four made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves five admitted to god to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs six were entirely ready to have god remove all these defects of character seven humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs past.
3: Thank you,
0: Janice. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions.
3: Good morning. This is Anita L., recovered for today by the grace of God, from Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. Tradition 1, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Tradition 2, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Tradition three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Tradition four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Tradition five, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Tradition six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Tradition seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Tradition 8, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Tradition 9, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Tradition 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Tradition 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Tradition 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, Anita. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share we ask you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overreaders only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book on page 49, the last paragraph. I will ask Michelle H. to begin reading. She's gonna read two paragraphs and we will focus our comments on the second paragraph. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Katie. Good morning, everyone. Michelle H.,
4: Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Missouri. We who have traveled this dubious path beg you to lay aside prejudice, even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever we used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons of all races colors and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability happiness and usefulness when we, had, when we should have sought ourselves instead we looked at the human defects of these people and sometimes use their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. We talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. We missed the reality and the beauty of the spiritual forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of the, its trees. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. And so, yes, you know, the, the first paragraph is about laying aside my prejudices. And, you know, my prejudices, you know, about the spiritual side of living. And so I would look at the people, you know, because I had this spiritual malady of um, looking for defects of others um, to boost my ego mostly, but it was unhealthy thinking. It wasn't, um, as stated, it wasn't a reasonable conception. I wasn't really seeing um, reality as it was. And I was looking for faults. I was looking for reasons to not believe, um, to continue my own um, distorted reality. And I was, in a sense, creating my own misery, creating, you know, my own unhappiness. And um, so I was trying to find fault with something that I couldn't see. And if I couldn't see it, then, I, then it was hard for me to believe in or to believe that it was true. And so they're, they're begging us. They're saying, can you lay aside these prejudices? Just set them aside. Just set them aside for a moment. And let's take a different view. Let's take our, take my vision, Michelle, off um, these defects and off what I think are wrong with other people. And can I just look at, the, at a positive way? Can I look at the reality? Can I look at the beauty? And um, that's what these steps afforded me, and that's what recovered people showed me. They showed me that if I laid aside um, and I stopped looking at the ugliness, that there was the beauty. I saw the beauty in recovered people, who were living you know that spiritual life. Uh, looking at that spiritual way of living where I'm you know I'm looking at myself instead of looking at other people for one thing, when I when I make that decision to trust and to take that leap of faith in something that I haven't believed in, and that there is beauty and you know, trusting and just they were showing me a different way of life. I was convinced by just watching the way they were living the way that they reached out, the way that they were loving unconditionally, the way that they were accepting me right where I was and that were willing to give me freely what they were freely given. There was a beauty in that, and that was the uh, attraction for me. And I was willing to lay aside my prejudices and to follow the directions in the big book as they were directing me because I wanted what they had. And um, I was diverted by the ugliness, but now I was willing to take my eyes off the ugliness, look at the spiritual side. And when I started embracing these steps, I was willing to give um, the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. And it wasn't complete trust in the beginning. There was a lot of doubt, and it, and it has been a process for me. Um, but the truth is that as I set aside these prejudices and embarked on following the directions as guided by other recovered people, um, I, I began to see the beauty, beauty in others, and beauty in myself. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Who would like to share on um, on what was read?
5: This is Bella. Can I share?
0: Okay, we have Bella. Anyone else? Sarah W. <clears throat> Okay, we have uh, Bella and then Sarah W. Bella, go
5: ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful, wonderful paragraph. And um, the sentence that really talked to me is, we miss the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. Yes, yes is exactly where I was. Before the program I I didn't know I couldn't live the present. I lived the past and I was directed under my ego. And I was busy in my loneliness. I was busy in my self centered and i was busy in looking at the ugliness of things at the at the not nice behavior of people for sure i am perfect i am wonderful it's only the other people that act not nice their behavior it's not it's not proper i couldn't see the beauty of of other people i couldn't see the beauty of myself, I was angry, upset, disappointed. And this is why I always run to the food, because only at the food I felt, wow, this is good. This is the good taste, the good feeling. Thank you, God, that now I am in the program and I I learned to face reality. And it's wonderful. I live in the present with not upset and angry at the past, and now I am connected to a loving power greater than myself. I am not connected to my ego that direct me wrong. And thank you, God, that now I can see the beauty of people, the beauty of the nature, the beauty of the life. And today, thank you God, I see that the life is wonderful. Yes, there is the challenge but it's beauty, it's peaceful, because I am connected to a loving and accepting power. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you. Sarah W., you're up.
6: Uh, thank you for your service, Katie. My name is Sarah W. Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Reader from Iowa. Um, the thought that comes into my mind when we read this, um, it's, it's a very powerful part of the book, um, You know, a lot of what we're talking about here is, you know, our own lack of ability to, um, first of all, to have an open mind, and second of all, you know, my my thought comes into play as to compare is to despair, and, you know, that old thing that we hear in in programs so much, you know, when I have one finger pointing at you, I have three pointing back at myself, and that's and always been true for me. Um, and I remember a sponsor told me a long time ago that if I could, you know, when I'm in the midst of struggles, if I could look at the leaves on a tree instead of just the whole tree, I could really be present. And I think in some senses that's what this is about. Um, we are all, um, as human beings, we have... Um, fallibilities. We're, we're not perfect. And we always will be that way. And when we don't feel good about ourselves, we're always looking at the negatives in other people because we don't want to look at ourselves. And I think, um, you know, the idea of open-mindedness is such a huge part of what this paragraph is talking about. Um, you know, the honesty, the open-mindedness and the willingness of what the program, you know, is, is asking us to do. So, um, you know, today I need to identify in, not identify out. Um, I lived in an area growing up that I was the only, you know, well, I lived in an area that had probably equal amounts of two different types of religion, but when I moved to Arizona, I was very um, segregated, very different from other people, and I always saw myself as being alone and isolated, and I think it's trying to get us to the place where we can say, I'm one of you, and I'm grateful to be one of you, and I no longer have to consider myself so different, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, and who else would like to share? We're on page 50, the first paragraph. Kim? Okay, Kim, go ahead. Lonnie, Lonnie P. P. Okay, uh, Lonnie P. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we'll have Kim G. R-Kissett. and then
1: Mary Lonnie.
0: B. and Vasa. R-R-Kissett. Uh Mary who? Mary what? Mary B. Okay. Okay, that's great. Um, so we'll have Kim G. Lonnie B. Mary B. Rakefit and Vasa. Go ahead, Kim. Thank you. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Instead, we look at the human defects of these people and sometimes used their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. This is really letting me know how much of a self imposed crisis. It's not really about what's going on, it's how I'm perceiving. This is all about perception. You know, so I like to think of this with my own experience. You know, I'm a Catholic school kid, 12 years of Catholic school. And what I would do is if Sister Teresa was mean to me in fourth grade, I would hate all nuns. I would read in the paper about some sick men who happened to be priests, and I would hate the whole Catholic religion. You know, that is what is going on. It's, it's my perception that I'm putting into it, not really the situation. I mean, I think of a simple thing like Facebook. I mean, you can look at Facebook and you can look at all the worst things of everything, of, of a, a political party, of a religion, of a social area, of, you know, we, we're so us against them. Urban versus, um, you know, uh, rural and black versus white and red state versus blue state. But it's what we're putting into it. It's my choices of how I'm looking at something. That's what's causing me the pain. You know, I think to myself, even in OA meetings, that was a really good thing for me. Well, I don't like this person and the way that they share, so I'm not going to go to that meeting. Who so am I punishing? But myself, you know, I go in even on this meeting. I'm not, I don't connect with everyone that shares on this meeting. But what I say is a prayer of gratitude because maybe the person that I don't connect with is connecting with people that I can't help. It is diversity of this meaning that I think that brings its strength. It is the diversity of our culture that brings its strength. It's the diversity of religions that brings strength. And if I want to choose, me choose, to look at this human defect of in certain people and say, I hate this or that, That is my perception. So this is all about open minds, open minds. I often find for myself, when I say they're not tolerating my point of view, it's because I'm not tolerating theirs because I think everyone needs to think like me, whether that's within my religion, within my culture, or within the way that I practice Overeaters Anonymous. So I think this is all about saying let's open our mind, let's look at the 12-step program as a whole, instead of trying to find out what we don't agree with and harping on that.
1: And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Lonnie B., you're up. Hi, this is Lonnie P. from Florida.
0: I have to think back, and it's like I didn't get it that, you know, when I was younger that people had religion. You know, my religion was more about tradition than anything. So I really didn't have any kind of connection with with God or a higher power. And I kind of looked with judgment upon other people that spoke freely of religion and their beliefs. And it's only when I came into this program and the talk more centered around spirituality that I began to open up and appreciate the diversity, that basically it doesn't matter what we believe as long as we believe in something greater than ourselves and it gives us peace. You know, And I'm blessed in the kind of work that I do that I get to see a huge difference between people that have a strong faith and people that don't. You know, and people that have strong faith, faith, you know, approach the the end of their life with such grace and dignity that I'm in awe. And people that don't often have a lot of difficulty, you know, but yet I'm I'm ashamed to say that when I hear sometimes in a room um, people talk about their specific beliefs, then sometimes I can get a little turned off when specific names are used. And you know what, and that, that's just, you know, that's room for me to continue to grow because, again, on one side I, I think everybody has an absolute right to believe whatever they believe, and it gives, if it gives them peace and serenity and it gives them direction in their life, then that's wonderful. So, you know, it's an opportunity for me to look at myself and what is it about certain words that, that throw me. You know, but this program teaches me to appreciate diversity, you know, and appreciate everybody, you know. And I'm really grateful that we walk into a room and it doesn't matter what religion, what background, what economics, you know, socioeconomic status, none of that matters. It, it's, we're all there with a single purpose. So I'm grateful for this program that continues to open my mind. And appreciate and respect all others. So, uh, with that, I pass. Okay. Um, next is Mary B. Thank you, Lonnie P. As in
7: Paul. Mary B. Thank yeah. you. Yes, this is Mary B. From California, calling from Arizona today, and thank you for your service. Um, I I relate to this um, to this paragraph. In uh, some judging, my family didn't participate in our um, in our religious practices, and I justified that by judging others who did. And of course, I was delighted to find when religious people did evil acts. And when I was a teenager, my friends would stop at the church on Friday night when we'd be going out and. They would go in to confession and confess to smoking and drinking and then come out of the church and light a cigarette. And um, So, you know, to me, religion was kind of just there. But where I really relate to this, uh, particularly the sentence, we talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves, was in relation to OA itself and in my first 10 years in overeaters anonymous i would pick at the at the meetings or the people i saw somebody take a candle for 9 years who was morbidly obese not just you know the few pounds that never seemed to leave us at the end of our attempt to get to our normal weight but morbidly obese and taking a candle for nine years and I would judge all over the place and, or I would tell myself I'm really tired of hearing people talk about their mother-in-law and blah their family, their issues and that was all and I would leave and I think in that first 10 years I left three times and I never walked out the door saying I'm going to go out there and gain my weight back That was not my plan. But every time I walked out that door, that was the result. And nothing sent me to my knees faster than food. Food got me down on my knees and crawling back in that door and and back in the program. But I did it three times. And after that third time, I... I made a commitment that no matter what happened, I would never leave the program again. And it's 42 years later, and I never have. And only a higher power kept taking me back in. Only my higher power keeps me abstinent at a normal weight and today in a vision for you. And I, um, I thank you very much for the opportunity to share.
0: Thank you so much, Mary. Okay, Rekethet, you're up. Thank you, Katie. This is recover some compulsive Overeater in California. And I have to ask God every morning, every morning, one of my first prayers is to keep me having an open mind. I have to have an open mind throughout my life every single day because I can be very very critical very judgmental I am all those things and I was even worse when I came to program I didn't have an open mind at all and especially when it came to religion because I would point to religion and dismiss it and show people how it didn't work because the people that were practicing religion they weren't perfect they had flaws oh my gosh just like me they were flawed people you know, they were practi- They were spouting good information, you know, kindness, love, peace, service, um, you know, those kind of things. Yeah, that sounded all good, but, but, you know, every person I, I, I looked at had a flaw where they weren't being able to practice those principles in every single part of their life or in every single second of their life. And so I could point to them and say, see, religion doesn't work. They talk about these grandiose ideas, but they don't follow them. And like Kim Ji said, it's about perception. I had to change my thinking completely. I had to come in and say, "Wow, these are really great principles to strive for: being kind and loving, and doing service and being helpful." You know, these are things that we I want to strive for too. And of course, I'm not going to get there. Of course, I'm not going to be perfect in everything I do because I'm a human being, and everyone else that I know is a human being, and they will have flaws, and I will have many, many, many flaws, and I do have many, many, many flaws. So it was—it really it was about perception, how I perceive religion, that this is something that we're striving for, you know, wonderful principles to strive for and not principles to not um, people to look at and criticize because they can't follow every every part of that principle. So I'm just so grateful, and I have to ask God every morning for an open mind to be open to what God wants me to see, what God wants me to think. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Rukifet. And bye you're up. This is Anne-Marie. Were you calling for other people? Yes,
8: thank you. Good morning. I will be
0: after Vasa, Anne-Marie, if you could just hold on
8: one moment. Thank sure. you. Are. Ready for your service, and I'm Vasa, O oh, Recover Compulsive Vida, calling from Florida. And I have been given a new eyes and, and God has been renewing my life as as I go along, working the steps um, over the years, Uh I um, I learned how to take principles before personalities. That was really big thing for me. I remember my sponsor said, "Just take what you want out of the meeting and leave the rest behind." And uh, that was that is still the, the thing I do today. You know, I can relate with people. I can identify, you know, with people a lot more. You know. And I don't judge, you know, and people are where they are. But I am a flawed person to myself. I'm not perfect either. I remember when I was writing my inventory, and I always had um, the set-aside prayer right there in front of me before I would sit down and write the inventory. And I also had the Lord's Prayer uh, right there in front of me. And, uh, you know, and... I, you know, I wasn't, you know, like my sponsor and I keep the focus on Vasa, not on others. But I couldn't help not, you know, split my mind, go and look at other people too. And that's what I needed to do at that time too. But I spent a lot of time on a person that ha- had a lot of religion, going to church, reading the Bible, and the way they behaved. And I remember saying, how on earth can a person behave the way they do that are so close to God well and, you know I realized you know over the years that person was a human being and he had the disease you know and I mean we hear the disease in the, in the halls you know people I mean I remember hearing this person somewhere from the south he said you know what I'm a religious person but, but I'm dying I'm dying with disease and I'm shame and I am so ashamed to admit to admit it because I am very religious. I know God, and you know, but I'm killing myself. So I've learned not to judge, you know, to see this as uh, you know we all struggle with diseases, you know. I don't care what culture, what religion, you know, we come from, and this is what's about getting healthier, you know. And um, so I, I know for me, I still I'm having a hard time going back to my own church, you know. And I'm going to other church that I really love and enjoy. So I shouldn't be judging, you know, um, the pastor over there or the priest because of what happened in my own church, you know. But every time I go, I see that person on the altar, you know. That's what reminds me, you know. And uh, I, you know, I, again, you know. But anyways, I'm very happy where I'm going right now and, uh and who knows, God might change my mind someday, you know. I might go. I've gone a few times. You know, it's right here, not too far from me. There are three churches. And I choose to go to one of them that I, I you know, I really can, I'm, you know, I can, I do better, I feel more comfortable there. But anyways, I'm just so grateful to be here and to share my experience in Strength and Hope and to hear other people's experiences. With their lives, with the church, spirituality. But uh, to me, this is my church, my number one church, being in the 12 steps. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa. And who else would like to share um, besides Ann hey, Marie? Sujit
1: Melissa Kane. Okay, I have
0: Anne Marie, Sue G., and Melissa C. Okay, Anne Marie, you're up. Good morning. Thanks, thanks for your service. This is Anne Marie M., a recovered compulsive eater in South Carolina. Um, this theme, uh, I see a, a theme here that's throughout the book, and I've heard many people say that whenever Bill of the first hundred wanted something reinforced, they repeated it over and over again. And this theme of looking at others rather than looking at ourselves, um, I I see it, you know, I found it on two other pages, and I'm sure it's uh, throughout the book others, uh, but we talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. And then on page uh sixty three, I was just studying with some I'm sorry, page sixty two. Um sometimes um they hurt us seemingly without provocations, but we invariably at some uh find that at some time in the past we had made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. but so many times I wasn't able to see what I was doing; I could only see what other people were doing to me, and it just brings me back to this page you know we just we were um we talked with intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. Like, I couldn't see my fault. And then again on page 66, um, oh, at the top of the page, to conclude that others were wrong or as far as most of us ever got. And I just see that as a recurring theme and, you know, the solution, or part of the solution is to look at my side of the street, look at what I can fix, you know, the serenity prayer, uh, page 417, acceptance, and to figure out what it is within me that's causing a problem and not to focus on the other person. So um, this just stood out to me like this is a, the theme of me. Anyway, maybe it's where I'm at in, in my recovery. But the theme of where I need to be is to look at what where I am at fault, what it is that I can change. Um, rather than looking at what the other person is doing. Thank you. Thank you, Anne Marie. Um, Sue G., you're up. Good morning. It's Sue G in southeastern Pennsylvania, in the city of sisterly love. Um, we missed the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. Well, yeah, ha- how I look at things is is the problem. So I I look at this and I think, yeah, and uh, I miss the beauty of some of its trees by looking at the ugliness of the forest <laughs> that... Uh, this is what smacked me in the face with, with the family crisis we have, which the big book really helped me with, which was The Uninvited Guest of Lymphoma. So, so now I'm married to my dear one, and we have an empty nest, so the two of us are it in the intimate setting of our home. And the disease, the chronicity, the big picture, the big picture of chronic disease smacks in the face. And I realized, once again, I'm back at step one. I am powerless over this disease, and my life has become unmanageable. I don't like the disease. But what it has brought into our lives is the miracle, the miracle of recovery experienced once again, That that the miracle here is two people who are different and the same, we're, we're, we've been together a long time, we're the same, but we're also different. We have this opportunity to, to do a little farming in the forest,
5: to, to
0: take what it is that we love about one another and overlook that other part and, and that part of myself that's toxic that's invested in being chronically sick instead of dealing with the, the moment, the here and the now, the true me, the the God in my life, such as it might be explained by any any of you who have your God of your understanding, that I have mine too. And so what helps me here is the notion that I I need to take my fear and my handing my power over to any person, place or thing other than the the higher power. I need to take a look at that and to say, you know what? Maybe what I'm doing when I'm when I'm being self seeking like that selfish in that way is to just consider that maybe I'm just being a little bit inconsiderate. And if I'm being inconsiderate, I mean I really take that to my most intimate relationship. And I'm if I'm being inconsiderate, I'm I'm simply not seeing the other person as he is, which is a person with weaknesses, which I can overlook if I'm spiritually guided and with great strengths, which I love because they help me. And and that's where I get with with my program with with really thinking about which is it, the beauty of the forest and the ugliness of the trees or the ugliness of the forest and the beauty of the trees. It's all of that and that's okay. And, and the program helps me to zero in on the part of it that's going to really be a help to, to further my path in a spiritual direction. It's a choice, the spiritual or the food or whatever else is connected with the food because it's really not about the food. It's about our spiritual awakening and experience and our connection with the higher power. And I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Sue. And Melissa C., you're up.
9: Hi, this is Melissa C.,
0: a recovered compulsive
9: overeater from New York. And, um, you know, I... My disease left nothing more than get me all alone and uh, isolated and you know that's been my defect um, is that I um, immediately look to identify out to find the floor with the few so that I can um, run from all you know and um, and it's been like that with religion I would Zero in on um, you know the few religious people who um, have been flawed like like all of us and um, and so then I would negate the whole religious experience and um, you know and I've done that I had done that in O.A. as well you know that um, there were meetings when they ended with a specific prayer and so then I could um, you know throw out that whole that whole meeting and anything that I got from it that they said a prayer that didn't necessarily appeal to me. And, um, you know, gating how powerful the spiritual experience had been for others. Uh, and, uh, you know, when my, when my disease had really gotten me by the throat and um, I had no alternative left, Then I began to listen, um, and I see that there was validity to others' um, spiritualism. And, you know, it blows my mind that that this book was written so long ago, because, um, you know, I used to negate this book, too, thinking that it was, uh, you know, a male Christian slam, and what would that have to say to me, Um, and yet there is, there's far more than that in it, and um, I think when when I was dying is when I could really uh, hear the message.
0: Thank you, Melissa, and I'd like to share. Um, you know, Lois. I'm, I'm Kate. Okay, and then Lois. I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive Eater in Virginia, and I spent um, years in this program. You know, trying to figure out the
1: spiritual part as if it was separate from the rest and Okay, I'm back. um you know what I'm going to pass on to lois uh
0: Lois. You may share, and then we will move on with Deb W.
10: Hi, good morning, Katie. Uh, thank you for your service. This is uh, Lois, recovered in Massachusetts. And um, the, this paragraph that we read this morning, in instead we looked at the human defects of others. You know, the whole paragraph really, you know, described my 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 whole life. You know, I was formed and shaped in a in a uh, family where there was a lot of alcoholism, and and that was normal for us. You know, I mean. I never thought there was anything wrong with that, you know. And as I as I grew older, of course, and and had my own, began to you know choose mates and thoughts and feelings and bring my children into church as well. You know, I knew about a, a, a God, but I remember thinking, you know, thinking, sitting in church and feeling angry. You know, at all of these people seemed so happy. They were couples together and 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 feeling resentful and you know and and my disease was you know as as I progressed in life and made choices and made decisions of course you know these were all these were all based on what i believed was the you know the uh, the way to look at everything and i i didn't know that i had a disease i didn't know that i had an obsession and it wasn't until i you know it early stages of my recovery you know i began to see glimpses of this but in when i was introduced to the big book you know and and the 12 steps and and uh, began to understand this and begin to you know put the food down and become you know willing to look at things in a different way you know of course you know, this very, very slowly began to um, change. I began to change. I began to be willing to look at things in a different way. You know, with, with what I didn't know at the time was God's helping me to, you know, begin to trust, listening to, you know, people like the, like on the vision for you every morning or meetings or, uh, and my sponsor and the steps and the steps, of course. But what this this screams to me is, you know, it this this paragraph screams to me, shouts, it's. You know, it's the disease. You know, I mean, it's the obsession of the mind. And I didn't know that at the time. Of course, you know, I thought it was real. You know, and and I would really, you know, be criticizing, and judging everybody because I wasn't able to. I know today it was because I wasn't able to to change. And I wanted. I, I heard. I knew. You know, that people were living a life of freedom and hope, joy, and happiness and being uh, helpful to others and i just couldn't get out of myself and so to me this was all about you know the steps the 12 steps the um the obsession of the mind when i learned about that you know and i took me for a long time to to believe it you know and to and to apply it to me or even to begin to think about do i have that you know it it really asking me to um doubt my own reality you know it's you know, and I never did, did, could, of course, but anyway, my mind was like a computer. You know, and everything, everything I I thought about, everything I made a decision or acted on was all, you know, I had an obsession of the mind, and the mind of my eating disorder, you know, <laughs> twisted things and distorted my thinking. And it helped me, it didn't help me, but it distorted my thinking into making it all it's okay to pick up the food so that my, my disease will always think about trying to m- help me discard anything except picking up the food. I needed the food that would make it better. That's all I needed. The rest of it was bull. It wasn't about me. And it wasn't until I heard enough of you, you know, t- helping me every day to understand that 12 steps. We had a spiritual problem and i needed a spiritual solution and and it was so it you know it boiled down to uh, you know just like most of us and most of you that you know i came i came to and i came to believe and god did remove my my obsession and he did you know help me to rearrange my thinking my perceptions my actions so that i too began to experience you know the, the, uh, the joy of recovery and, and uh, spiritual try to practice spiritual principles in all my affairs, and I continue to do that. I thought it was just a one- time thing, but you know I'm, I'm growing in this um, in my re- spiritual recovery, and if I continue to do one day today what I did yesterday, I'll continue to get what I got yesterday. You know, freedom from the food, practice these principles in all my affairs, no matter what. And that's sometimes very hard to do, and and yet I, I have the promise I have a promise that you know that I will continue to grow in love and understanding tolerance and and be, continue to recover. And with that, I'm going to thank uh, pass and thank you very much everyone for your sharing today. Thank you, Katie.
0: Thank you, Lois. And it's so late that we are going to just stay with this um, this first reading we have this morning. Who else would like
1: to share on that? Press star one to unmute. Hello. This is Deb W. This is Deb
11: W. Hi, Deb. Go ahead. Hi. Hi. I'll just go ahead and share. Yeah, what I was getting from this this morning's meeting is that, that last line that said, we never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. And, I, you know, it reminds me of my story, and that's what this is saying, that we all have different approaches, that there, we all have a story uh, to tell of how we Found uh, a power greater than us, um, I choose to call God. And it was not, it began, I guess I could say it began in my religious upbringing. But the thing that I don't remember hearing uh, through all the principles that I was taught as a child was that there was more, that there is a spiritual side. Of this whole thing and and for me it's the, you know it's when you put the key in and the lock turned, or you know I threw the ball and something caught that ball, and threw it back at me and And the way that that experience happened for me was through the disease of the compulsive eating it's you know I always say God spoke to me in a way that I could understand. And through this dilemma that I have, I, you know, have been able, never before through my own will, but through the dilemma, through God's will, through the power greater than me, it doesn't matter, um, it's whatever your experience is, through that will, this disease is um, put to sleep, it's, its, it's, it's uh, you know, it's in remission. And then it, it goes further to, to, the, to the dilemmas that I have, the defects of character that causes the the uprising and the emotion that makes me want to do something other than live on, on life's terms. You know, my defiance, my uh, not wanting to align my life and stay dependent on a power that is greater than me that will work in all other areas of my life. And so... Um but this is what I'm 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 hearing that last line is such a strong line. Um, you know, this is this is the well the, 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 uh the, the the I can't think of the words, but anyway, thanks for listening and we share. And I pass.
0: Thank you, Deb W. We have time for one person if someone would like to share.
1: Tracy A. Okay, Tracy,
12: go ahead. Oh, hi, this is uh, Tracy in Ottawa, Canada. Um, <clears throat> I'm a compulsive eater. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying all the sharing. Uh, I'm an atheist, and uh, it took me a long time to figure out that faith could be applied to me. I always thought faith was a word like uniquely related to people who had a religion or who had a god and um yeah it took me about four years in the program to finally figure out that it could apply to me and to my concept of a higher power in the program um and i'm really glad that uh you know i didn't run from the program uh when i heard the word god spoken and that uh uh, that that I can make the program work for me um, just the way other people who actually have a religion, uh, you know, it finally occurred to me that just because someone has a religion and a God, when they come to the program, that they're not going to have any easier time of it than I did coming to the program. And I also see people leaving the program and starting up, sort of secular programs outside of, um, the 12 steps. And, um, I'm glad I stayed because just being able to see the forest and, you know, even learning from some of the ugly trees that I see or that I think are ugly and then turn out to be beautiful as has been a really, it's been a real blessing in my life. And, um, uh, I'm just really glad I stayed to to listen and um, to learn from people that I thought I could never learn from.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Well, I'll take a minute here. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and we talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves, and I, you know, was very cynical by the time I got um, abstinent, the um, the day before, I mean, I would have said, I've tried it all, I've done it all, I've tried to work away every way that it um, can be worked, and it just—it's not going to work for me. Um, so I just need to find a way to just accept my, you know, uh, obesity and be happy. And so that's what I thought was all I was going to ever have. And The reality was is I had never really given the spiritual side of life a fair hearing, as we've talked about, that I had never done what I had been told. I'd never surrendered fully to my higher power. I had never been honest. And so once I, I was willing to admit all of those things, then, you know, I was able to press into God in every moment when Prior to that, I thought that my only answer was food. I thought the only answer I had was to throw something down my throat to, to feel okay. You know? And um, it wasn't until I was willing to look at things um, differently, to ask for help, and to do what people said, instead of saying yes, but, I okay. And that has been uh, the turning point for my life one day at a time since then. And I'm so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. And now ask Deb W. to read from page 164. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I skipped something. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Deb W. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant
1: to be suggestive only. Thank you. W, please press star 1 to unmute. I can read it. Katie, Susie Kay, here.
0: Thank you. Go ahead. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick.